Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. It doesn't care if it's Christmas or summer. It doesn't care if you're a sub three hour marathoner or just starting out and running. The dip, the rut, or the plateau. Is it even is it even a plateau if you haven't gone up that high? It's impossible to avoid a leveling off in your running and your passion to get out there and do it. The best thing you can do is figure out how to navigate it and get out the other side. Resolutions, New Year's or otherwise, just another word for choices really I guess well here to help us make better ones decisions to get us out of whatever malaise you find yourself in at this time of year is the legend record breaker and Olympic silver medalist Sonia O'Sullivan I have never been as jealous Sonia looking at the weather you're having in Australia (laughs) than on Christmas day and every Irish runner listening to this will know what I'm talking about unless of course they live in Clare or in Cove it bucketed down. Every child with a brand new bike sat at the window <laughs> on the bike in the house watching the rain come down. And the really hardcore among you got out and ran in it. But you you were out there, obviously, lapping it up, enjoying a run with, with the dog. <laughs> uh, have I got that right? Or are you now going to tell me, actually, no, the weather wasn't that great. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's all relative, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you're, it's like it's like running, you know, your expectations of the weather can kind of uh, be a bit temperamental as well. <laughs> how, depending on what you're expecting, you know, so you, when you when you fly, you know, halfway around the world to get to Australia, you expect to have, you know, really good weather on Christmas Day. <laughs> and it was actually pretty, it was actually a bit grey. Oh, Lord. <laughs> The I can feel the collective eye roll of all these Irish runners. Like I went out on uh, Christmas Eve because I knew this rain was coming. I went for uh, a 10 miler on Christmas Eve and I got absolutely hammered by rain and wind. You know, that wind that comes from seems to come from below the chin. <laughs> and I, I was just it actually crossed my mind that you and Winnie are probably bounding along on some beach in Australia. It's <laughs> like I know that sometimes when you go down there, it does feel like the journey is so long. You wonder, is it worth it? But it must have felt great to get back to the family. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic to be back. And, you know, to have everybody here on Christmas Day was really, really nice. I suppose it's it's a funny thing in Australia. Christmas Day, is it's a bit more relaxed. Mm-hmm. I don't know, there doesn't seem to be the intensity or the pressure, you know, to to perform in the kitchen as as there, <laughs> as there is in other places. Even though I think I failed miserably in the kitchen this year because I was back using an oven that I, of course, had forgotten about. And um, <laughs> yeah, the I, oven. I, I, <laughs> I'm blaming the oven. <laughs> I, did, I didn't kind of get the the settings quite right and the poor turkey um it was okay (laughs) it survived but uh yeah it wouldn't have been it probably wasn't the best i mean uh, i i'm amazed that you do it like to be honest with you i could i don't think i've had a roast in the summer like it seems like such a 
a cozy, you know, you know, fire lit type of thing. Like, is it just tradition in the O'Sullivan house to do that, that you kind of go, we have to do this? Or do all Australians go, no, we're doing the Christmas album cover, despite the fact that it's lovely and warm, we're all in our shorts? A lot of Australians do, and, and I don't always do the turkey, but every now and then you go, fake it, let's do it. <laughs> and it's it's kind of nearly easier than trying to figure out what are you going to do, you know, because you've got to really think about it if you're going to do something else. Mm. And we've gone, we've done everything. We've gone through all the different variations of fish, pork. Nick, he's actually in the kitchen right now while we're doing this podcast. <laughs> I told him, I said, no, I have to do the podcast tonight. And he's he's trying to make the best crackling ever on a piece of pork. Oh, so there's good. no pressure there, <laughs> which is not a, it's not an easy task to do that. It's not like, look, turkey isn't easy either. Let's be honest. To me, the best part of running a Christmas and turkey at Christmas is the post December 25th part where the pressure is off. The valve is released and the sandwiches are other level, covered in uh, whatever sauces didn't get consumed. But the running, for some people, it's the hardest time. I've always felt that I just can't squeeze it in, in the lead up, because there's so many jobs to be done. This period here, this week prior to January 1st, some people would say, is their hardest time of the year to get out running because the temptation to just stay on the couch is so real. What's your first bit of advice to people who are probably listening to this hoping that a conversation with Sonia O'Sullivan will get them into their running gear and out the door? Well, it definitely is. It's the strangest time of the year because every day feels like it's the weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I think every day nearly feels like a Sunday. And you can tend to stall and, you know, put off going out as long as you can. And and I do it even down here in the nice weather. I do it myself because you kind of today, what was today? Monday. So Monday was technically the holiday for Christmas Day. Mm. And then Tuesday is going to be a holiday for St. Stephen's Day. So it's like this is when Christmas is on a weekend, it's even longer days off. But I think you have to appreciate these days and enjoy them and kind of feel like well there's not really any rush to go out and do anything and if you're like me I I love to read and at Christmas time there's like there's loads of stuff to read like Mm. there's there's always something to read and so I find myself in the morning sitting down with a cup of coffee and a little bit of cereal and then I start reading things and you know you can read every newspaper in the world on there iPad these days and I have like some I still have the weekend magazine from last week's Irish Times newspaper that I brought with me and you know you always think yeah. oh there's always something in there's always something in there that you've saved it for <laughs> to read and I'm trying to remember what I was reading about this morning it was it was very good whatever it was oh I know it was um roasted celeriac <laughs> <laughs> Because I do, I actually, I've done a roasted cauliflower for tonight because Sophie, she's not a big meat eater at the moment. So she gets forgotten about sometimes. And it was her birthday on the 23rd. So I went oh, all birthday, out and I Sophie. made this. 
she was 20. So I went all out and made her a special thing for her birthday, which was a kind of a, it was like a meatloaf, but it was, it was layers of vegetables. And it was very nice, but the preparation that goes into these things, it takes forever. So then, of course, on Christmas Day, I couldn't put in the same effort <laughs> all around. So she's, so today we're back on the uh, a full-on roasted cauliflower. I don't know if you've ever done one of those. Oh, yeah, very no, good. I think we've actually talked about the roasted cauliflower on the show before. <laughs> I mean, Sophie needs to sort her life out. Like, what <laughs> she's missing out on in terms of the Christmas fair. I don't know how she's sticking to that over Christmas. Is that a training thing or is that an ethical decision she's made? Oh, I think she, well, I know she watched this thing with me on Netflix, Game Changers. Mm. And I'm sure that kind of got her thinking about it. And we both went on a bit of a craze there for a while. And then, you know, I gradually eased back into normal life. (laughs) And she's she's maintained it. And she's done pretty good to, you know, keep up the the protein levels and the iron levels because it's not easy. And it's the other end of the spectrum for most normal people here. And this is important that we talk about it because the eating can be the thing that can stop you running. That you know you're you're in such a <laughs> you're in such a debt or a deficit that way that it's it's producing the malaise in some ways. The drinking and the eating is what's stopping you getting off your butt that you didn't put decent petrol in the day before and your body isn't going yeah let's go get it today you can find yourself in a kind of a negative food spiral i often feel when i say these words to you sonia that it's like you're going really Uh, i've never done that myself (laughs) but for honestly for for regular normal people this is a battle because the Maltesers are on the counter at all time. The celebrations are there. Someone's always got a mulled wine ready to go. And sure, maybe you'll have an Irish coffee. It does feel a little out of control at times, or it can feel that way. Have you ever experienced this in your life where you're essentially being peer pressured into consuming stuff you don't want to consume? Uh, that you do like consuming and knowing that it's actually making the runs harder. Yeah, I mean, I definitely have been there. And I know, you know, when you put in kind of, I suppose, the the not so positive, or what would you say, good for you foods, yeah. that you do feel a bit worse for wear and you don't have the same energy and motivation. And it's like everything is goes downhill. And then you either give in or you fight it. and I think, you know, plenty of times I've you give in to the whole thing and you say, oh, you know, you just go with the flow here. But I think in recent years, I, I don't know, I kind of, I feel like I know when you're going off the rails. I know that feeling. And too many times I've had to come back from it. And whether it's to come back from, you know, the end of a season or being injured or, you know, there's certain things that just kind of send you off in that trajectory of you're not doing everything right. So you kind of lose it for a while mm. and then you've got to pull yourself back in again. <laughs> yeah. And I think because, because I know that feeling, I'm always trying to not go too far down the wrong track. Mm. And um, I do, I mean, I, I do enjoy all the, the Christmas, you know, festivities and all, all the food and like, 
I was delighted the other day. I read this thing and it said that if you have a mince pie every day for the 12 days of Christmas, it's good luck. <laughs> I know that's great because I love a good mince pie. And so I'm always I'm always testing out the mince pies to, fig- to find the best one. <laughs> I think we discussed this last year, trying to find the best one. Yeah. Uh, but who decides that that's good luck? That's that's the other question. It's it's. <laughs> Like it's somebody I, who likes somebody somebody who really likes mince pies and they've decided it's got to be making a mince positive pies. in this year. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. we'd Ellen Keane on the podcast on Sunday. I don't know if you've listened to that episode yet, but like her, her discussion with me was about living that elite life and at times kind of her going, well, I've you've reached your your max in terms of what you can do. You've pretty much maxed out what you can do. And then now the game is mentally, can you dial it up another notch? And that it is, she argued that it was all mental from that point. I think you and Marcus O'Sullivan had had this discussion as well, that everybody's very good on the start line of uh, world championships. But the question is, who can dial it up and do it mentally from there? The same does apply to the normies out here. When it comes to the Christmas eating game or the socializing game, I feel that you're under this pressure, but there are ways and means around it that uh, you probably know every trick in the book to go remain social, remain with your family, doing the things, but not blowing the arse out of it completely. Not, I guess the, the best analogy is not breaking through to the next layer of the biscuit box. Uh, am I right in saying that, that you do know these tricks? Yeah, I figured things out a little bit. But then at the same time, I I do have, you know, my family, particularly Kira and Sophie around me and, and they notice these things. And of course, for a long time, I didn't know that they notice all these little intricacies and different things that you do. Whereas now they're bit older they're more willing to tell you you know that you're a bit strange in what you do <laughs> and, <laughs> we're on to you and yeah. we're on to you yeah and yeah that's really odd like when i say to i say oh you know i've had a mince pie today <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they didn't know where you're having a second one <laughs> no i've had one of them <laughs> right it's like every it's like everything is measured to mm. a degree and you know every now and then you let like some extra things in like um you know you might have you know so if you have some ice cream at night time with a bit of baileys you know i mean that you know that's not going to go on every night all year round so it is definitely a special occasion christmas period type of thing to do even even if i've changed from the baileys this year to this um i don't know there's a there's a thing you can buy in the airport you might have seen it it's from five Five farms in Cork, <laughs> some special <laughs> Irish cream liqueur that you can pour over your ice cream. I haven't heard of it, but I like the sound of this. Yeah, so it's essentially a little tub of uh, alcohol that <laughs> enhances any ice cream. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it's things like that. So you kind of allow yourself like, you know, little things like that. But then at the same time, you know, when I go for my park run on Christmas Day, and it was very easy for me to go to the park run this year because I could actually run there. So I ran over to Albert Park Lake. You might know it if you from when you were here before. Mm. It's where they do the Formula One racing as well. Yes. And then the park run is the park run is just one lap of the lake, 
and then run back. So it was, you know, easy enough to do. You have a destination to get to, something to do, and then you run home. But of course, I wasn't happy with my run around the park. I kind of thought that just felt a bit harder than it should have. Mm-hmm. And then you're kind of thinking, uh, I need to get myself. I, I'm I'm already gone off the rails here. I need to pull myself back in in a running way. Okay. Yeah. And, and so that's where I think I. So I think I was then reminded, and this is where it's kind of come from that you know, you know, it's kind of just take this. You know, don't worry about it. It's actually not a bad run. And just enjoy this week, you know, do what you enjoy doing, you enjoy running, don't be putting time pressures and, you know, different expectations on yourself. And then you can start all over again when the time is right. And the time will be, you know, for me, it'll be when I go back to America, you know, because if I start trying to do everything right this week, then I'm going to mess it all up again next week by traveling halfway across the world. And then I'll have to reset again. So, you know, you might as well just take it easy this week, enjoy it. And then, you know, when you're ready for it, you know, you'll be re-energized, refueled by all this good food that we're having over Christmas and ready to really then focus on, you know, getting down, I suppose, setting the stricter routine for yourself to, I mean, you know, it's, it's not elite athlete stuff. It's normal athlete stuff that I do right now, what you're doing right now. Yeah. And... It's just what makes you feel good. It's but a, then there's other things make you feel good as well. And sometimes you have to let those things into your life, mm. you know, and not be fighting it, thinking that, oh, no, I've got to be ready for my run in the morning. Whereas instead of giving yourself that extra half an hour in the morning to ease into the day and then set out for your run and just kind of amble along and enjoy it rather than feeling the pressure that you have to always get something out of it. You know, it's... It doesn't always have to be a measured thing that you get out of your run. Sometimes it can be just a nice feeling of just the escape and getting away from, you know, the, the pressure and the ex- <laughs> <laughs> expectation of, you know, yeah. having a big fry up every day or whatever it is oh, in the God, morning. Yeah. Running is not about the results. Running is enjoying life. I mean, that's really fantastic advice. And you had messaged me earlier with something along the same lines of kind of understanding and exercising a little bit of self-kindness this week and not getting into that headspace that can come with this time of year, the negative headspace that you can kind of fall into of kind of being back with your family, uh, you know, for a lot of people is tough because there is this expectation that families are, you know, picture postcard situations when you know there isn't any and uh, you kind of resume your role as the in the script or the character that they have for you and that can be really hard and for a lot of people the year hasn't gone brilliant running they're either injured or a little bit heavier than they wanted to be and somebody makes a comment about it and suddenly they're in that spiral I think a little bit of kindness goes a long long way and definitely with that in mind I've organized a meetup run for the Strava Running Club. Now, if you're maybe not members of the Irishman Running Abroad Strava Running Club, uh, I'm telling you about it now. It's on the 29th. Uh, that's this Wednesday in the Phoenix Park at 11 o'clock, I think it is. Yeah, it's 11 o'clock. And it will be, as Sonia said, there'll be no timing. There'll be no, uh, this will be an amble 
around the Phoenix Park. Sonia actually sent me an amended loop that we should run with a few recommendations, a few sites that we can take in. And another club member even recommended a similar loop saying, you don't want to ruin the loop that you've suggested there. There's a much better coffee shop with better coffee service. (laughs) So we will be adjusting that loop for that and be ready to go. I'm actually going to do, I'm really getting into it, Sonia, now that I'm doing a recce run this morning (laughs) with uh, with another member of the group, Leo Mulrooney. Shout out to Leo. He's going to come down this morning and we're going to do a little cheeky loop to see if this uh, if this is the way we're going to go. I want to give another quick shout out to everybody in the Strava Running Club who got in touch with me. (laughs) And there was about 25 of them, Sonia, got in touch with me to say, Charlotte, the super shoes are on 50% discount now in the Nike store. Get on it. <laughs> I don't know if you got those messages, but I got these from all angles. People I haven't heard from in years had listened to the episode about the super shoes and are essentially going, Jar, we need to get you a pair of these 150 euros they were down to. I didn't do it. I'll be totally honest. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Partially because it is, of course, my wife Tina's birthday on New Year's Eve, the worst day of the year to have a birthday because it's never her day. It's always someone else's. But Tina turns 40 this New Year's Eve. So a big shout out to her. I will be devoting all of my cash and love towards that day. Uh, So I couldn't be walking around in a brand new pair of super shoes uh, while telling her all the shops were closed. (laughs) I couldn't get you what I wanted to get you. I don't know if you've been around the parishes yet, Sonia, but I certainly have. Let's roll that music, Brian, because there's been so many brilliant events going on around the country. If we're to travel around the parishes this in this episode, it would take us forever. There's run off the pudding in Kilkenny on the 28th. Uh, you can register for that easily. Just go to runireland.com. There's the resolution run on January 1st. You can still register for all of these things. That's in Galway City Centre. Cavan, of course, did their Christmas Dash 5K on the 26th in Cavan Town. Shout out to everybody that took part in that. The Fields of Athenry 10K took place on Stevens's day. And the first uh, person I want to give a shout out to is Donal Hegney, who ran it in a phenomenal time of 42 minutes, 56 seconds at a whopping pace of 417. Fair play to you, Donal. That's my first shout out around the parishes. What about you, Sonia? Well, I'm going to be a bit biased this evening now, and I'm actually going to give a shout out to uh, three of the athletes who are part of the Mentone Athletic Club, where I do a bit of coaching, mostly online in recent times. But um, tonight I went down to the track and three of the girls, Cooney, Helen and Kim, we're actually doing the Tuesday night session on a Monday. And this is something that happens, I think, over the Christmas period is that, you know, there's a lot going on. So you have to adjust, you know, the days and the times that you're running at. So it's so nice to be able to do it with some friends and to meet up. So um, Cooney, uh, Helen and Kim, they all came down to the track this evening. And I decided because they were coming Monday night and I'm going away tomorrow as well, that um, I would <laughs> come down and meet them. And it's a brand new track, brand new track down in Mentone. And they did a lovely track session. You know, you kind of, sometimes the track sessions, you make them up as you go along because it has to fit the occasion. And it was a brand new track. 
So I said, okay, well, let's test out the track. And we did one lap, two lap, three lap, four lap, three lap, two lap, one lap. So a ladder session. It was very windy down there. So they did a great job to get out there and to do the session and to help each other out and to, and to welcome me back to welcome me back as well. <laughs> oh, lovely. And there is no better feeling than a bouncy brand new track. I have a track I need to give a shout out to at Nunboyne Athletics Club. Johnny there let me in again to do my ladder session last week with Tina on the stopwatch. Big shout out to Dunboyne Athletic Club, which of course I'll be joining myself uh, this summer. I can't wait to become a full member there. But that track is so, it feels brand new. I'm not sure if it is brand new, but they take such good care of it that, uh, yeah, the bounce and spring off it is just, it's so lovely underfoot. Now, Tina was having not the best time on the sideline with the stopwatch. It was bitterly cold. You can complain about the wind down there in Melbourne, but Tina is wrapped up in essentially a lagging jacket and my jacket wrapped around her legs to keep her warm. Now, here's the questions on you. When you're on the stopwatch, do you shout at the people, come on, you can do it. You got one lap to go. Do you do any of that or are you very much uh, a minimalist coach who goes, that's one lap done? <laughs> what, what's what's the, what's your approach there? And I'll tell you what Tina's is. Uh, I, I don't get overly excited about it, no. <laughs> um, I tend to, I shout out the times and then I might give a bit of an encouragement and say, looking good or yeah. One lap to go. <laughs> and, nearly there. And what's the thinking behind that? Because I got a bit frustrated with Tina because I would, you know, so my fart like last week that you gave me was, what was it? It was one minute flat out, one minute break, two, then one minute break, three, then one minute break, up to five and then back down the other side. <laughs> when I got to the five, which is a killer, let's be honest, running five minutes flat out with her on the stopwatch she uh we're coming down the other side of it and i ran by her and she didn't tell me like i was like why aren't you shouting at me what i've done (laughs) what times i've done (laughs) as i'd go by her and she'd look at me like i was a car passing on the road (laughs) and i'd be like what time have i done and I had just run two laps of the four minutes on the other side of the ladder. And she, I said, so I've done two laps on you. Bear that in mind. I run by her and I go, how long have I done? She goes, you've got three minutes to go. And I was like, I did not run two laps in 30 seconds a lap. <laughs> so... The panic that's setting in for me, where I'm like, how long is she going to have me running for? And then there's, of course, there's the whole, do you not appreciate me being down here freezing my arse off on the sideline? <laughs> and I'm like, I have it harder than you, I'm the one running. <laughs> so it's just interesting to hear what you're Sometimes approaching. the coaches... Sometimes the coaches do get a bit distracted, you know, something comes and they, something takes your eye and, and you might, you might actually miss starting the watch. <laughs> and then, so, so then you have to throw a total blank on the first lap and say nothing, <laughs> which, is, which is really awkward. And then you time the next lap and you tell them what the split is for that lap. <laughs> and then you, and then you, so you're trying to recover yourself and get yourself back. Um, but <laughs> and has this happened at Ronaldo Field at any moment in time? 
Oh, if it happens there, then you just have to make it up, you know. You just have to <laughs> give, give an approximation. Um, but <laughs> good guess. You know, <laughs> well. I, 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 I try to pay a bit more attention, you know. <laughs> Depending on the level of runner, you really can <laughs> pay a bit more attention. Or the level of session, I should say, really, more than the level of runner. And uh, what, what the expectation of the time being shouted out is yeah. and that's the thing is if you do get tired and you're expecting a time to be shouted out because oftentimes athletes will start their own watch so they'll check it as they're going but mm. you know if it's pretty fast then they don't really have time or you know they're they're concentrating so they don't do that yeah. so you really do have to, to know it then and and, the and then, you have, to, then you have you have coaches who get accused of having a fast watch as well and a slow watch so I get in all sorts of trouble in in America because I'm very honest. So I, I I give the real time, you know. I don't I don't make it up as they go. And they always say I'm really slow on the watch. So it's always then a bit. I'm always trying to perfect my timing. So whenever I'm watching races, you know, like in a proper event, and mm. I'll, I'll be timing them and trying to see how close I can get to the official time of the race clock. Okay. And then. You know, and then be showing it to anyone who's willing to listen to me. <laughs> look, 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 <laughs> look, look, I that. got it. Yeah. Um, I think that's hilarious, though, that you're... Are, are you rounding down or just clicking it too slowly? Um, well, what I... Normally, I will have the watch behind my back because I don't want to be influenced, influenced by looking at the time uh, yeah. as the athlete is running past. So I'll stop it behind my back okay. when they touch the line. So yeah. then... You know, that's the real time. Whereas if you see them coming down and you kind of want them to be mm. 60 or 59 for the 400 and it's, you know, it's rolling over to 60, you can stop it at 59 yeah. as they're approaching the line if you want it to if feel good. To <laughs> yeah. um, well, look, I do want to say a big thanks to Tina and everyone who is out there with the stopwatches doing it. I mean, it is like it really helps. And it was I really appreciated Tina doing it. I'm saying it because... <laughs> She was like, you can fake off if you want me to do the stopwatch. You'd be giving me abuse for not doing it right. Uh, I have got the watch on that is time in the session as well. But it is just such an encouragement to have some somebody there. And again, shout out to Dunboyne Athletic Club for letting us in to do that. Hopefully be back uh, this week. But our meetup run is on the 29th in the Phoenix Park, as I said. My final shout out around the parishes, Evine D., who also ran the Athenry 10k she says she finally broke her 46 minutes barely holding on she says in the second half it was a hell of a run anyway at a 430 pace 45 minutes 10 seconds big shout out to Evine that is phenomenal running especially in those conditions with the rain and all the rest she even got the snap of herself crossing the line which is lovely <laughs> under the archway <laughs> um, I, I, I see there's so many of these runs on Sonia there's I do want to shout out to a few of them that are doing it. There's, st- we've still got the Fat Turkey Run. That's uh, actually that that's taking place today uh, as we record this in Dublin. There's also the Twelve Days of Christmas uh, Challenge, which is running everywhere. If you fancy it, that's the registration for all of these can be found at runireland.com. But it's not a bad, it isn't the worst idea, is it, to get out for one of these? If you are struggling to get out, to find one in your local area would be a good idea, Sonia. Oh, it's great because, you know, when you have an event, 
you have a time to turn up to, you know. And so I think if you tend to be stalling and procrastinating, you know, in the days, then if you decide you're going to do something, then you set yourself, you know, a bit of a parameter and a time to be somewhere then your motivation definitely increases when you do that. And mm. you, then you get there and you get a bit of adrenaline when you see all these other people around the place. And you can really get into it. And I think you get a bit of a buzz around something like that when you see so many other people who also make the effort to go out. And you realize the effort it is for you to go there. So, you know, everybody else has, you know, the same equal or greater effort to be there. So I think everybody appreciates, you know, the effort that everybody puts in to come together. Yeah. And to make sure that all these events take place. And there's so many of these events around the place that it's definitely worth giving your support, especially, you know, because a lot of them didn't take place last year. Yeah. And to be back and, you know, whatever the weather, I think it feels a lot easier when you're surrounded by people and they're all in there with a common goal to get out there. And, to, you know, the, the the big thing with running at this time of the year is how warm, you know, you, you just warm up when you do it. Mm. Um, it's the one thing that gets you warm. Um, and you just need to be prepared afterwards, you know, to have a change of clothes and to not get too cold standing around chatting to people after the race and, you know, congratulating and celebrating with each other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's uh, an awful lot of people taking part who took part in the goal mile challenge. Like I couldn't get over how many events and how many options I had even to go to events in Mead on uh, Stevens's day. I ended up doing it on my own, but I did want to give a big shout out to everyone that headed out and took part in that, whether they were in Ireland or did it virtually abroad. Uh, I'd imagine there is a ton uh, raised. So big shout out to everyone in the Gold Mile Challenge. Sonia, after the break, we are going to get into more about the, the running rut or the running plateau and how to mix things up from that perspective. We also have our mailbag. We'll open our mailbag. We've got a very interesting question from a runner around just breaking his his pattern. That is, is his problem with his own plateau related to just sticking to the same pattern? I'll be interested to hear what your answer is. And when uh, you sign up for Irishman Abroad Premium on, on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad, you can hear the second half of every episode we record. We're here every single Tuesday uh, with Sonia and you get the full Excel version, a further 30 minutes of discussion between myself and Sonia, deeper dive into whatever our topic is and the full illustrated episode notes. If so that if there's ever something in the episode that you think, oh, I must look into that, the episode notes will provide you with extra links and depth and uh, I guess the places to find the things that are mentioned throughout the show I detail those in a PDF that comes with every episode on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad so maybe not the worst time to support your favourite podcast this Christmas it's really easy to do only takes a couple of clicks you get sent a link and it populates in your podcast app we'll take our break now Sonia thanks for the first half of the show one of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise wise. Imagine, you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress, 